Right. So I thought, what do you preach for a hundred year anniversary? And I thought, you know what? Everything God's done just kind of testifies to itself. And all we need to do is just thank Him for everything yeah. He's done. Yeah. I thought about it when, in 1920, the president, when 1920 began, the president was Woodrow Wilson. Ford was still making Model T's. Al Capone ruled the streets of Chicago, and Babe Ruth ruled in Yankee Stadium. But in a small town in southern Illinois called Murfreesboro, the fires of revival were burning underneath the tent, and lives were being changed and transformed a hundred years ago. A man by the name of Theodore Noble established First Pentecostal Church and exists today as Christ Community Church. I thought about how faithful God is. That as long as we hold on to Him, He'll always hold on to us. A lot of things have happened since that first big top revival. We've seen a great depression. We've seen war. There was World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam, Desert Storm, War in Iraq, War on Terror. The fastest land vehicle in 1922 ran 133.7 miles per hour. But on October 15, 1997, a vehicle called the Thrust SSC would hit 763 miles an hour in Nevada. It broke the sound barrier. And it still holds the record today. We went from Lucky Lindy in 1927 doing 110 miles an hour in his plane to reach Paris to the Lockheed Blackbird jet traveling at over 2,100 miles per hour. We sent men to the moon 238,900 miles away. If you would have told somebody in 1920 that in the 60s man was going to step on the moon, they would have said you've already made the trip. They, they would have thought, you're out of your mind, man. There's no way we're ever going to go to the moon. But we went to the moon. Amen. And then in 1977, the space shuttle Voyager was launched, and it began its trek through space. Since then, now get a load of this, since then, it's past Neptune. It left our solar system. And to date, it's traveled over, it's still traveling. To date, it's traveled over 13.3 billion miles from the earth, and it's on its way to a star. And they say that they'll be able to communicate with it until 2025, and then because of the, the, the power outage on it, they'll lose the ability to communicate but it will continue to travel and it will reach that star if the Lord tarries in 40,000 years I hope he doesn't tarry I thought about man that, that's hard to just wrap your head around when you think about everything that we've seen change incredible changes an average home in 1920 cost sixty three hundred dollars a car was $525. Today the average house costs $285,000. You could have bought 45 houses for that amount in 1920. The average car cost $38,000. You could have bought 72 cars for that in 1920. Sometimes 
you really do miss the old days, don't you? I thought about everything that's changed, but in spite of everything that's changed, there's been one constant in our lives and in this world, and His name is Jesus. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I thought about when I first bought a computer. We never, we never heard of computers in the 20s. 91, I bought a computer. I think it was 91. 91 or 93, I bought a computer at Radio Shack. How many of you remember Radio Shack? I bought the greatest and best, a Tandy 1000. You don't even know what that is now, do you? Don't feel bad. A year later, I went in and I talked to the guy. He said, well, what do you have? I said, I have a Tandy 1000. He looked at me and he said, that's a dinosaur. I said, that's not what you told me last year when you sold it to me. It changed so fast. Everything moving so quickly. And with everything moving, I mean, it used to be you could work on your own car. Now you've got to have a brain surgeon to work on your car because your car's got a brain. How do you know that? That's what the mechanic told me. Your brain's messed up. I thought he was insulting me. He, do you understand that things have changed? But in the midst of all this change, in the midst of all the upheaval, in the midst of all the war, there is a God that changes not. He has promised that He'll never leave us or forsake us, but He'll go with us to the very end of the world. The question is, are we willing to make the trip with Him? Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I won't make that trip. I thought about it. Think about this with me for just a second. He still saves, delivers, and heals. He's not lost any power, compassion, or love. He would still rather die for you than to live without you. He still calls out to whosoever will, let them come. He's still Alpha, Omega, the beginning, the end, and everything in between. He's still the sweet rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the great I Am. He wants to rescue us and redeem us, to restore us and renew us, to revive us and reignite us. He is not through with us yet. We talk about, you know, when I think it's when something reaches 25 years old, it becomes what's known as a... As a... Well, I was going to use a, a nicer word and call it a classic. Because there's a lot of you over 25 out there, and I wouldn't dare call you antique to your face. Everybody say, I'm a, if you're over 25, just shout it out, I'm a classic. Except all of those of you that were saying antique. So, do you understand that with God, I've heard this so often that, you know, that, you know well, it used to be, or, you know, it, it, it used to be like this, or I sure do miss this, and I sure wish we could go back there. But what you have to remember is this. Is that the Bible said that God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. And so they were talking to Him and He's letting them know. He's saying, look, before Abraham was, I am. 
after Abraham was, he still is. So no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're going through, you serve a God that is constant, that does not change His mind with the weather, that isn't one up one day and down the next day. He's not on a roller coaster ride with His emotions, and He's not on a roller coaster ride with your promises. What He said, He's going to stand by. When He spoke it, He'll bring it to pass. A hundred years moving forward, and He's still God. Still, God, my grandpa was born in 1900. And I remember him. He would be 120 years old now. You know what I remember about grandpa? Other than him chewing and spitting. I remember him talking about God. And he talked about God with a passion. He talked about his father that was an itinerant preacher that traveled around and held revival. And as a little kid, I used to listen to that. And the older I got, the more I heard the same story. Over and over and over and over and over again. How many of you know someone that keeps telling you the same story over and over? I know you're sitting next to them and you don't want them to know. Let me share something with you. You need to keep listening to it over and over and over and over again. And if you're fortunate, you'll get something in your spirit that won't leave you. You'll get something inside your heart that won't escape you. You'll get a hold of something from God that will keep you when you listen to someone that's got a heart for God. Grandpa wanted to tell it. He told it so much my wife heard it. I was just a kid when he started telling that story. But my children heard those stories. There's some things worth talking about. Let me ask you a question. I, don't anybody raise your hand on this, but how many, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever heard me say the same story more than once? I said you didn't have to raise your hand. Jasmine just throws it up. I've heard it. Natalie was right behind her, I've heard it. Just keep listening. See, what happens is this. Is sometimes people think, well, they're just forgetful. And, and they forgot that they told it. That's what I used to think about my grandpa. I thought, man, he needs to get some new stories. But the truth is, is when you've lived something, and when you've walked it out, it stays with you. And it stays in you. How many of you think that when God does something for us, we ought to tell it once and never speak it again? No. We ought to tell it over and over again. Because if we don't, it's easy for us to become discouraged. David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
I wonder how that happened. What do you think David did to encourage himself in the Lord? I mean, look at the situation. His situation was that they had gone off to battle. They came back and his families are gone. They've been kidnapped. His city is burned with fire. And his own men are talking about stoning him and killing him. And David encouraged himself in God. I'm thinking, man, what do you draw from to encourage yourself in God in a situation like that? That's like trying to call, encourage yourself when a preacher, somebody comes up to you after preaching and says, you know, you did a great job, but I could have done that a little bit better. It's like when all of a sudden, you, 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 you know, you're, you're trying to get it just right. And, and, and then you, you, how many of you have ever been out at the golf course? And if you can sink this putt, you're going to walk away with the best score you've ever had in your life. And then five strokes later, you're frustrated chasing that little white ball around that green. I was with some friends in Hawaii. They wanted to play golf. I went along. I was in Hawaii. I don't care what you want to do. I'll do it if it's in Hawaii, you know. And so I go with them, and we're out there. And, I, you know, I, I play golf. Some people might challenge that statement. I show up on the golf course, and I, I hit that ball, and, and I just relax and enjoy myself. But I've had, <laughs> I've had guys go with me that don't relax when they play golf. They get all keyed up. And I'm thinking, I thought this game was supposed to relax you. I'm out there, and we're playing. God is my witness. We rented these clubs. We rented the clubs. And the guy swung. He got a bad shot. He took the club, and he went, wham! And the head went flying off of it. And I, I couldn't help it, man. I smiled. I didn't say anything. But I thought, well, that just cost you some money. What are you talking? I'm telling you that sometimes you just have to learn how to relax. Look at your neighbor and say relax. relax. How many of you have been keyed up lately? You know what I'm talking about? Wound up tighter than a three-day clock. And, and if, if you don't relax, that's why we, we talked about this the other night when I was talking about trying to hurry Debbie along. And she, she looks at me, and she's giving me a look now. She looked at me, and she said she says to me, she says, The more you rush me, the longer it's going to take. She didn't say that to me as a statement. It was like a threat. The longer, the more you rush me, the longer. It's going to take. I'm telling you, life is short. And we need to learn how to enjoy this journey. Are, are you with me? We have been on an incredible journey as a church for a hundred years. I've heard some of the history about the church. I've heard some of the moments, some, some, some of the highlights and... And some of the not-so-highlights. Don't focus on the negative. Always focus on what brings a smile to your face. 
Focus on what brings joy to your heart. Focus on what will put a skip in your step. Because when you focus on that, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to wake up every morning and say, thank you, God, for today. You're going to wake up and you're going to be able to say, this is the day that the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You're going to wake up and instead of feeling like... How many of you need a cup of coffee before you talk to anybody? I see your hand, Donna. I'd have known it if you hadn't raised your hand. I already talked to Larry. <laughs> Gotta have that cup of coffee to kind of prime your pump and meet the day. I'm telling you the greatest way to meet the day is by meeting Him first. The greatest way is when you wake up and the first thing that happens when you wake up is you begin to focus on Him. I don't always get that accomplished. Sometimes I feel like I've got so much to do and I'm, I'm off to the races and I realize something. If I don't take time for Him, things are going to begin to fall apart on me. But if I take time to greet Him, He's going to make sure that He orders my steps and directs my path. Everybody say, take time. Friends, we are not a relic of the past. We're celebrating a hundred years. How many of you here have been here since the beginning? Nobody, right? Nobody out there's a hundred years old, right? You're not an antique. You, my friend, are a classic. We are not a relic of the past we are a force of the future you hear what I'm saying you understand we're not here today just to reflect back and start saying well you know this pastor did this this pastor did this this pastor did that a hundred years from now somebody if God tarries somebody will get up and say yeah a hundred years ago there's some guy named McNeely that was pastor of this church he pastored until he passed away just in case you thought I was going anywhere. <laughs> we are a force of the future, sons and daughters of a living God. That, that, does that do anything to you? I mean, think about it. You're sons and daughters of a living God. Kevin, I've got a third cousin here someplace. Kevin was in, in, the, in, in, in the church a minute ago and he had a Coke in his hand and, and a little uh, snack cake. And he said, they told me I could have it because I'm family. <laughs> it ought to do something to you to make you realize that you are part of the family of God. Friend, that's not a, a, a phrase. That's not just some word that's spoken. That's a reality that you are connected to the God that spoke this earth into existence, that's maintained us and kept us for over for a century. That's just this church. How many of you know we're not the first church to exist? He's been around from the beginning. He's called us to be ambassadors, overcomers, and more than conquerors. We've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Somebody say it with me. Let the light shine. Can I ask you a question? How many of you ever have problem 
how, let me let me say it this way. How many of you find it difficult to get angry when someone cuts you off in traffic? You find it very difficult to get angry. Oh no, you that just comes natural? Raise your hand if you don't have any problem getting angry at all when that happens. So hold your hand up if if, if you all think this is a trick question. Let's try it one more time. Raise your hand if you find it very difficult to get angry when somebody cuts you off in traffic. I see one hand back there. Praise God. That woman's already on her way to heaven. How many of you don't find it difficult at all to get angry when someone cuts you off? Hold your hand up. Hold it up high. Don't be ashamed. So, let me ask you this. How many of you find it difficult to share the love of God with someone? You don't have to hold your hand up here. I just want to ask a question. How many find it difficult to share the love of God with someone and tell them about Jesus? Can I tell you the truth? When I first got saved, it was difficult for me. I didn't know how to do that. I, I was writing notes and folding them up and laying, leaving them lay all over the place that said, Jesus loves you. It was like trying to find, you know, my voice and, 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 and those years coming up. And then all of a sudden at 18, something happened to me that transformed everything, the way I thought and the way I felt. And from that point on, it did not become difficult to share because he meant so much to me. How many of you does God mean a lot to? Wait, well, come on, put your hands together if He really means a lot to you today. If He means a lot to you, then it shouldn't be hard for us to share, right? But let me, let, let me talk to you about this. I thought about a hundred years. Noah spent a hundred years of his life on one project. A hundred years of his life on one project. In a hundred years, this church has seen six pastors, and I think one, two, three, four buildings. Noah was still working on the same project for a hundred years. When he finished that project, he didn't know what to do with himself. How many of you have ever been working on something, and when you finally got done with it, it was like, wow. And then after the... Wow, it's kind of like, what do I do now, man? I, I, I was so wrapped up in this project. It was so intense. I, I've been working on this so long, and now I've got all this time on my hands, and I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, it's really easy. I think about Leonard sitting out here. And Leonard was a, an ace mechanic and could, you know, fix anything and put anything together. But now Leonard's 80 years old, right? Leonard tells me, he said, that, that he's still working on stuff. Leonard tells me, he said, my legs, you know, give out on me. He said, but I got these chairs. He's got one with him now that he, he finds. And he, he said, you can adjust the height on him. He's got stools that he can adjust the height on. And so he's not as fast as he used to be. And he's not as quick as he used to be. And he's not as limber as he used to be. But he's still working. Everybody say it with me. He's still working. See, sometimes what happens to us is what happened to Noah. Noah worked that long on one project. After the project was over, he didn't know what to do with himself. He goes out and he plants a vineyard and everybody say he got drunk. 
Doesn't sound like a good idea. Don't drink the wine to despair. Don't drink the wine of depression. Don't drink the wine of despondency. And don't drink the wine of I don't count and I don't matter. Noah's saws were rusty. His hammer broken. Nobody needs an ark anymore. It's just a relic now. And he began to feel like a relic as well. But Noah needed to understand something. The Bible says that Noah lived 350 years after the flood. He only spent 100 years on that project. He lived 350 years after the flood. Can I tell you something, Noah? God is not done with you yet. There's another generation that needs to hear that there's a God that can keep you through the midst of the storm. Do you hear what I'm saying, Christ community? Our best days are not behind us. They're before us. They're in front of us. Noah's ark lies broken in this repair, in this repair, but there's another ark that's already been built and his name is Jesus. It's time for us to let folks know there's another storm coming, but Jesus' arms are open wide. You need to shout it from the housetop, from the mountaintop, from the street corner, in Walmart, in Kmart and Kroger. Let them know that God loves them and He cares about them. And if you're not excited about it, you're not going to get anybody else excited about it. Let me say that one more time. If you're not excited about it, we're not going to get anybody else excited about it. How many of you have ever met someone going to church and they look like they lost their best friend? Oh, yeah. I mean, have you ever met someone that's supposed to be a child of God and they act like they've been eating raw persimmons all day long? You're all pruned up and, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking, I don't want that. I don't want, my grandpa, the one who was born in 1900, when we would go visit him, they put me on a pull-out sofa. You know what I'm talking about? It, it, it was a couch that made into a bed and gave you back troubles for the rest of your life. It was just hard. Around 4.30 in the morning, my grandpa would get up at 4 o'clock. All of a sudden, he'd turn on this radio and he'd start adjusting it. It was one of those old radios and he started adjusting and it kicked in to what was called the old time gospel hour. I would hear I would hear this music start coming on and it was organ music. And I don't have anything against an organ, but man, this organ needed to get saved. It, it, it would start going There's no sleeping with that going on, man. I'm telling you, I jumped up. I thought, I'm getting my clothes on. I'm getting out of this house. This is getting spooky in here. Look, if we don't let the world know that the God we serve is alive and well, then they're never going to come. That's why I love our worship team. When they start, how many of you felt the presence of God when they were worshiping? Friends, don't take that for granted. 
Don't take that for granted. We're, nobody's up here to try and show how talented they are or, or how good they can play. They're up here and they know that their job is to try and open up the window of heaven so we can go in and begin to worship God. Do you understand that worship changes everything? When you start worshiping God, it moves everything. So don't fear and don't wait. We've been equipped for this hour. It's time for us to stir the gift up that God has placed inside of us. You know that God can do anything? Far more than we can imagine or, or guess or request in your wildest dreams. What do you want God to do through you? I didn't ask, what do you want God to do for you? I'm asking, what do you want God to do through you? There's a difference, you know. It's kind of like me going up to Debbie and saying, Honey, what could I do for you today? Or walking up to her and saying, Honey, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and get it done today. She's shaking her head at me. It ain't happening. God wants us to seize the moment that we live in and seize this day. I thought about what Ephesians 3 and 20 says. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Folks, we're like Esther. We have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. How many of you got a little nervous or don't and don't even, I want you to hear what I'm going to say. How many of you got a little nervous or agitated over this virus thing? Wave your hand at me if you have. Okay, those of you that don't have your hand up, you like life like this? How many of you are tired of life like we've experienced the last six months? Hold those hands up. You know, folks say, oh, no, no, I'm fine with it, I'm fine with it. I'm not fine with it. What are you saying? I'm saying that there are going to be things happen that you may not like, but that doesn't mean you abandon ship. You're not going to go through life with everything going your way and everything and you getting it all the way you want it all the time. How many of you know this isn't Burger King? You don't you don't get it your way. You have to learn how to say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I know if it's happening, it's got to be a part of your plan, and I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to declare that you are God in the midst of it. I thought about a boy was out and he was they were playing ball. And as they were playing ball, there was a guy that was watching. And he went up to the, he was on the outfield fence. And there was a kid out there in the outfield. And he hollered at the boy and he said, hey, son, what's the score? 
he said 20 to nothing. He said 20 to nothing. He said, he said, he said, who's winning? He said, they are. And the guy looked and he said, oh man, I'm sorry. He said, mystery. He said, it's okay. We haven't been up yet. It's all about perspective. That kid was not discouraged because it was 20 to nothing. He was saying, you know what? Just put that bat in my hand. Just give me my opportunity and I'm going to knock this out of the ballpark. I may be down and I may be behind, but it ain't over till it's over and I've got my mind made up. Do you understand that we're not looking back today? We're looking forward. We're saying, God, here we are. Use us. Give us a word in our hearts. Put one on our lips and we will declare it wherever we go. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And it's time that we let the Lion roar. I said, it's time that we let the Lion roar. Would you you stand with me right where you're at right now? I wish I could walk down the front of this thing. Let the lion roar. If we're not careful, we spend our life going to church, but we never really become the church. We spend times in services and we feel the presence of God, but we never become a conduit for the presence of God. Let me share this with you from a perspective. I, I have felt God touch me in so many wonderful ways and do things in my life. The people, there were times that people literally thought I lost my mind because God had touched me. And I mean, I didn't know who I was one time for like a day and a half. I was just, you say, well, oh, how can that be? How could... Uh, how big is the God you serve? I mean, if he, if you believe that He created the heaven and the earth like I do, and how many of you believe that? Just put your hands together if you believe that. Then how, how could you question His ability to do anything? He's able to do it. I've felt God touch me in powerful ways, but, but I've got to share this with you. The greatest joy that's ever entered my heart, the greatest pleasure I've ever known outside of, you know, the day He saved me, hasn't been about what God did to me. It's been about what He did through me. When you get an opportunity and you're in a store someplace and God just speaks to you, Debbie lived for that. And that's one of the things that she talked about when we started broadcasting on Facebook. You know, the reason we're still on Facebook right now is because of her. I hadn't planned to go that long. Debbie said, Rick, I've got to do something. Said, these ma- wearing these masks, it's, it's taken away from me the ability to go up to someone in a store and be able to take them by the hands and share the word with them and and embrace them because 
for a long time, everybody was afraid to touch anybody. You know what I mean? And I understand that. I get that. And she said, I've, I've got to have a way to be able to share. And once we started doing Facebook Live, man, it transformed her world. She was every day in the mornings, man, our devotions in the morning, after we get done with devotions, she'll say to me, okay, sit down here for, give me, give me five, ten minutes at a time, sit down, sit down. And I sit down and she starts talking about what the next subject is, what the next topic is, and she lives for that. Why? Because she's tasted what it's like to become a conduit. We've had people show up on Facebook saying, thank you so much for broadcasting. People we didn't even know were out there. People from other countries that showed up and people from, that lived hundreds of miles away showing up and saying, you don't know what this has meant for us. When the truth is, is they didn't know what it meant for, to us. For God to move through you. I don't want you to spend the rest of your life feeling like, God, I need you to touch me. God, I need you to do this for me. But rather begin to say, God, would you please use me? Some way, somehow use me can I give me just a second I gotta get off the stage we talk about celebrating a hundred years this pastor did this and that pastor did that and this pastor did this but Paul said look he said I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. So I'm not here today to focus on myself or anyone in the past. I'm here to focus on Him. Because He's the one that's made the difference in your life, not me. He's the one that's transformed and changed you and given you a hope and a reason to live. He's the one that put a smile on your face and a song in your heart. It's Him. Now i got to tell you, after I met Him, I fell in love with Him. <laughs> I had people look at me and say, man, you are crazy. I said, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. I'm crazy about God. I can't help it. We have entered into a great awakening. A shaking in a stirring that has come by God. We had people being baptized every night in this parking lot. We didn't know anybody was going to be baptized. We put that trough out there by faith. Then we said, we need to get something, you know, for, for baptism. I said, well, maybe we'd have to have a horse trough or something. She said, well, we need to do it because if we don't have it out there, then, then you know, we just got to take that act of faith. And so we took the act of faith and people came. People were transformed. Ed was talking to me the other night when people were being baptized. He said, that first lady got in the water. He said, when we baptized her, he said, I looked up in the sky. And he said, the only thing I saw was the moon. He said, after we baptized her, I looked back up in the sky and I saw a single star. He said, man, that was wild. He said, we baptized somebody else. He said, I looked back up in the sky and he said, I thought, no, that wouldn't have happened again. He said, there was another star. He said, we baptized a third person. He said, I said to myself, 
There's no way this is going to happen again. He said, I turned around after we brought him up out of the water and there was a third star. That happened four times. I'm telling you that God's got a way to communicate to us any way we're able to hear Him. Now my question to you is, are you ready for God to use you? Somebody down here is. Are you ready for God to use you? I'm going to do something a little different. I want you to, if you want God to use you, I'm not going to get you all out here in the grass because there's not enough room. But if you want God to use you, I want you to do this. I want you to take three steps forward if you want God to use you. Just take three steps forward. It's your confirmation. It's your act of faith. It's you telling God, I want you to use me. Now, this is what I want you to understand. God saw your steps. So you need to get ready for something you may have never experienced before. And that's God not touching you, but God moving through you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to... I, I, I know this is different, and it, you know, because we're spread out so far, but if you'll just do this with me right now, if you'll lay hands on yourself, what you do is just lay hands on yourself. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to mean it from your heart, because that's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to respond to Him from our heart. Are you ready? Father, we come to you today. God, I come to you today. And I'm asking you to please use me. I'm sorry for the times that I get in the way. And I'm just asking you, Father, to help me yield myself to your presence I want to see lives changed and I want you to use me to change those lives I'm just asking you right now to do something through me that I could never do on my own give me a word to speak to someone help me to be able to pray for someone and not be fearful Give me boldness to be able to stand up and tell about how good you are. Your great love. God, I just yield myself to you right now. I thank you for everything that you've done for us. I thank you for the past hundred years. God, I can't go back there and relive that. So I want to thank you for today. The moment that we have right here. And I yield myself and say, here I am, God. Use me in Jesus' name. Come on and give my hand clap of praise. I want them to get ready to sing that. Huh? No, I want you to do, can you do holy water first? I, we'll, we'll, we'll rattle in a minute. But I... 
if you're look if you're out there and you've got a special need I want you to I, I want you to come up here right now I'm not just talking about now for prayer I'm talking about if you've got a special need or you, or you want to be baptized let me let me share this with you sometimes we take the step but we never go all the way you know we will we'll go into church and we'll we'll repent but then we don't follow through with water you know baptism is important it's essential because the scripture says we're being buried with him and if I die out to my old man I've got to bury him and then it says when we come out of that water we're coming up into a newness of life can I share with you in scripture that there was a man and they were taking he was dead man and they they took him and they were getting ready to try and bury him and some uh, an army came through and they needed to hide real quick and they took that dead body and they threw it over in a grave and it was Elijah's Elisha's grave and when that dead body hit the bones of Elijah he came alive there's something powerful about being buried with somebody <laughs> when you're buried in the name of Jesus there's something powerful about that friend you're not you understand you you're being buried with him and you come up alive in him so if you haven't done that I want to invite you to come over here and stand by the horse trough we'll know what that means and get ready if not, if you've got that special need, I want you to step forward right now as they sing this song. Go ahead.
He's going to use you. Thank you, Father. I thank you for it. Matter of fact, would you just stretch your hands to heaven with me? I want, I want to pray a special prayer. If you're here and, and you got baptized during this revival, especially just stretch your hands up real high right now. Father, I just thank you, God, for every soul that's come. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that you use them in a special way. God, they're a part of that generation that you prophesied of in Scripture. When you said in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I thank you, Father, Lord, that you're dispatching an army to go into this world and to share the goodness and grace of your love and power. God, I know that we're just in the beginning of this. Father, before this is over, we're going to see a harvest of souls like we've never known before. I give you a praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Are you ready, Macy? years ago and we went into this school and you know we had all these crayons and all this stuff when in that school every one of those kids had a computer I told them I said take the crayons back out on the bus they don't need crayons <laughs> found out they, they were all children of doctors and lawyers and and we went in there and and they had they had a uh, I don't mean this wrong but there was kind of this attitude about you know show me and we had a praise and worship team there too and the, a guy got up and started to play the bass and I said I want you to rock this house all of a sudden the supervisor of the school came in and when the supervisor came in and she heard what was going on she's looking around and, and, and all the students were looking at her and all the supervisor started going <laughs> there's something about the presence of God that draws you in when my friend was speaking he said you know we're all from different places in the United States and you're from another country and we all speak a different language he said but we all have something in common and that's that we all need Jesus whether you're rich or poor whether you're young or old whether you're from the US or another country we all need Jesus and you mark my word you're going to see him show up and begin to sweep through the world like we haven't seen before. It won't come without opposition and it won't come without challenges. But how many of you know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world? Amen. Is there anybody else here that wants to be baptized? We're ready to do that. Step on up. 
going to hold for just a second. I've learned this from the last few nights. you got to wait a little while. <laughs> All right. If not, we're going to have a dismissal prayer. Right before we do, let me make a couple of announcements. We've got over underneath the tent, uh, there's food under there for you. We've got, it's been prepared professionally, so there's fried chicken and barbecue. You're welcome to make your way over there if you're wanting to try and practice social distance you can grab a plate and take with you we're going to pray for that food now right before we do that George come up here a second would you I want to introduce you to my brother from another mother George showed up today for our old-fashioned day Looking like he stepped out of a J.C. catalog. J.C. Penny catalog. I was talking to him earlier and he said, Pastor, he said, I had somebody trying to talk me out of coming here. And he said, I told him, I'm happy where I am. But wherever God's put you, you need to blossom and grow there. Amen? Amen. Just, just let God use you like he's never used you before Amen. and you can be like George you've got to be pretty bold to put on a suit like this George doesn't have a bashful bone in his body when it comes to telling people about God he treats it the same way I want you to give him a big hand would you thank you George we're going to pray for the food and thank God for the last hundred years but we're going to thank him for what he's getting ready to do in the next year Amen Everybody say it's our time right now. Father, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing. We praise you for it. We thank you for the lives that have been transformed and changed. We yield ourselves to you, God, and ask you to have your way. Help us to follow after you with our whole hearts, God, and to anticipate with expectation those things that you have prepared, those things that are coming. Revival is in the air, and we declare it in Jesus' name. We pray the blessing over the food now, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Yeah.
Yeah.